Welcome to Faith of Our Fathers. Today, we feature Adrian Rogers. Dr. Rogers was pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee, where he grew the membership from 9,000 members in 1972 to more than 29,000 by 2005. Today, Adrian Rogers presents a sermon on It is Decision That Determines Destiny. The book of Ruth is a wonderful book. It is a love story, but it is a true love story. It is not a romance novel. It is true. And we all love love. We all love love stories. I heard of some girls who were in the college dorm at the Christian college, and they were praying in their vespers, and they were praying, Lord, give us pure hearts. Lord, give us clean hearts. Lord, give us sweet hearts. <laughs> and all the girls said, Amen. <laughs> we love a love story. And this is a love story, but it is a unique story, the book of Ruth. It's one of two books in the Bible that bear the names of women, the book of Ruth and the book of Esther. But this book is unique because it is devoted primarily to a woman whose name was Ruth. As we're going to see, Ruth is a picture in the Old Testament of the church. And she marries a man named Boaz, who is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's some of the most beautiful teaching in the Bible about the redemption that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. But you're going to love the story of Ruth, and there is so much to learn about this story. Because, you see, Ruth was a pagan. She was from Moab. Spiritually, she was from the wrong side of the tracks. And she comes to Israel, to Bethlehem, and she meets Boaz, very rich, very strong, very kind, very good. And Boaz, as we're going to see, was a bachelor. And so it's a Cinderella story. The maid from Moab meets the bachelor from Bethlehem, and they get married. It's a love story, a wonderful story, an intriguing story with plots and subplots. Benjamin Franklin, as you know, one of the fathers of our country, was also the ambassador to France. And when in France, he was a member of a literary society, and they were giving different readings and so forth. And Ben Franklin, without letting this agnostic literary society know where he had gotten it, shared with them the story, the love story of Ruth. They were astounded. They said to him, Dr. Franklin, that is beyond a doubt the most beautiful romance love story we've ever heard. Would you give us leave, please, that we might have it published and give it broad distribution? He said, it is already published, and it already has broad distribution. It is found in the Bible, that book that you profess to despise. This wonderful story of Ruth uh, that is found here in the Bible. Now, the book of Ruth was written in dark days. It was written, as we're going to see, in the time of the judges. And uh, you know, it follows the book of Judges. And the last uh, chapter 
in that book of Judges. The last verse says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Therefore, it was a day of anarchy. It was a day of apostasy. It was a day of apathy. It was a day when sin was rampant. And it was a dark, dark day. And right in the midst of that dark, dark day, God gives us this wonderful four-chaptered book of Ruth, which reminds us that God is still alive. He is still on the throne. I believe we're living in a dark day, but I refuse to despair as long as there's a God in the glory. And books like the book of Ruth tell us that no matter how dark the day, there's always the star of hope in that dark sky. And God is the one who pulls back the curtains of night and pins those curtains with that star of hope and opens the, the gates of our lives and floods it with his light and with his glory. And if you are discouraged today, let me tell you, there's hope for you. And if you will do what Ruth did and yield your heart to the Lord, he will make your life a love story. And you can be the part of a dramatic and a wonderful love story, just like Ruth's life was a part of a dramatic and wonderful love story. Now, uh, this is bright hope bright hope for dark days. And in chapter one, we're going to be talking about the choices that people make. Because you're going to see the choice that a man named Elimelech made, which was a bad choice. And then you're going to see the choice that Ruth made, which was a wonderful choice. And our life, very frankly, our lives are the sum total of our choices. And uh, so we're going to think under this heading, it is decision that determines destiny. And we're going to learn some things about decision-making today and the importance of decisions because we make decisions every day whether we like it or not or whether we agree or not. You will be making some decisions. Now, look, if you will, in chapter 1 and verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and a certain man of Bethlehem. Now, this is very interesting because the name Bethlehem means house of bread. You remember it's where Jesus, the bread of life, was born. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech. And that name Elimelech literally means, my God is king. And so here's a man that evidently had a godly heritage. He lived in the uh, the little town of Bethlehem, he had so much going for him. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, which means pleasantness, and the name of his two sons, Malan and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. They came into the country of Moab and continued there. Now, uh, what had happened is this. There is a famine in the house of bread. And uh, rather than trusting God and doing what God would have him do, here was a man who goes into a pagan country. The Moabites had been enemies of Israel. They had invaded the land and kept the Israelites under subjection for some 18 years. They were pagan, barbarous, cruel. They were born out of an incestuous relationship of uh, a lot with his daughter. It was a, uh, a terrible place. And here's a man of God who makes a choice and he goes over there. There are three things about choices. And the very first of these three things is the principle of willing choice. The principle of willing choice. God gives us a will. And with that will, 
we make choices. We're not automatons. We're not machines. Uh, we're not forced. God made us moral creatures. And when God made us moral creatures, God gave us a choice. Now, you are free to choose. God says in the book of Deuteronomy, I've set before you this day life and death, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you may live. God says it's here. You can go to the right. You can go to the left. You can receive me or you can reject me. You can honor me or you can despise me. You can accept me or you can reject me. It's there. There's the principle of choice. And we like choice. Did you know if you want to get a soft drink, you can get Pepsi. You get a Coke. You get 7-Up. You get something else. You can get uh, caffeine-free or with caffeine. You can get sugar-sweetened or artificially sweetened. You can get big, large, medium. We just like choices. Americans like choice. There is a store in New York City that has 2,500 different kinds of light bulbs. Now, a lot of these choices are inconsequential. 